This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome in the Arrowhead Attic Podcast back again. And speaking of being back again, Matt Verderam still at the end of his vacation, but he's here. He's back uh, after two weeks of letting me run roughshod around this place, causing all kinds of fires. You got to come back and clean up the mess. How you doing, buddy? How was the vacation? Oh, it's still going. It is still going. I am going home uh, tomorrow, driving 13 hours, but uh, it's been great. It has been great. I'm looking out at the lake right above the computer right now, and I will miss this place, but uh, I, I am very thankful to have been out here for almost a month, really. Uh, good on Josh Hill, our scheduling manager, who, uh, who allowed this to happen, so good for him. Yeah, the place is not in flames. It still still managed to run without you. That's a little bit surprising, but uh, we, you know, we did what we could. <laughs> You got a nice background back there. Is that a Casey beer you're drinking? I wish it was. There's no Casey beer in New York. Yeah, so. that's a problem. We should have. We should have. You should have packed. We'll have to drive out to KC and get you some I know. more. I, I did know. the background though. You got a nice little fireplace, a little stove yeah, that you going on back there. Yeah, yeah. It's a stone fire, uh, stone fireplace, and a stove that heats uh, part of the upstairs of the house. This is the. Uh, this portion of the house was an addition my grandparents put on later, so they they just heated it with the stove. But the, yeah, it's been. It's been great. I would turn the camera so everybody can see the lake, but it'd just be blinding because it's just yeah. nothing but sunlight. So, but it's been it's been great. Started the vacation out in Connecticut, went out to the ocean for a few days, and uh, amazing, love that. And then we we've been here now for about two and a half weeks. And like I said, I drive home tomorrow. The girls all fly home Saturday. So uh, for me, it's uh, Midwest bound and down tomorrow, about thirteen hours worth. That's okay. So, so wait, did the, the girls flew and you drove? So on the way, excuse me, on the way out, uh, I drove with Maisie because Steph couldn't get as much vacation time. So she came out separately about a week later with Genevieve. But on the way back, since we're all going back at the same time, why make Maisie sit through 13 hours of a car ride? So she's going to fly back. And I drove. I mean, we're out here for so long. Like, we'd have to check a million bags, and then we wouldn't have a car. Yeah. So, like, I don't mind the drive. It's As crazy as it sounds, it's 13 hours. It is four turns from my driveway to my parents' driveway. How about that? Yeah, that's the magic of uh, miles. It's four turns. Yeah, so it's easy. I love it. I love it. Um, Hey, this is. uh, We're going to do a lot of things today. Matt's been out, so we want to get his take on some of the big moves that the Chiefs made. We're going to catch up with him on, you know, Carlos Dunlap, Frank Clark, Danny Shelton, DeAndre Baker getting cut. All that. We're going to talk a little Isaiah Pacheco who's been a rising star at camp. 
Yeah. Uh, find out what Matt thinks about that and talk about the running back position battle. And then, of course, we got a game coming up this weekend, so we're each going to talk about three players we're going to be watching this Saturday when the Chiefs come to Soldier Field. But before that, i got to let you know that the Arrowhead Attic Podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Kansas City Beer Company. KC Beer Co. is the largest locally owned brewery in Kansas City. You know this. They brew German-style beers. They're all fantastic. I'm a big fan of the Dunkel of the Pure Pills. It's an award-winning brewery with a terrific lineup of brews. You can get it in uh, Kansas and Western Missouri. So look for the red Casey Beer Co. cartons in your local store and support the Arrowhead Attic Podcast by supporting Casey Beer Co. And do us a favor. You guys know the drill. At Casey Beer Co. on Twitter, give them a shout. Let them know that you heard about our product on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. I was in a meeting with those guys yesterday, in fact. It was great catching up with them. By the way, they're planning a big Oktoberfest. Listen to this, Verderam. They're planning a big Oktoberfest in October, the weekend of the Monday Night Football game against the Raiders. I mean, I'm feeling a road trip, man. It makes all the sense yep. in the world. I'm um, with you. That'd yeah. Great. So hopefully we can get that going with KC Beer Code. Dare to beer different. Please drink responsibly. Of course, 21 and over only. All right, let's let's catch up with you, man. So a lot went down while you were gone. I feel like you're – you're the gif of the guy of, of Donald Glover coming back into the house with the pizzas and everything's on fire. Uh, a few big changes, but let's start with the biggest one, which was Carlos Dunlap, which we had talked about. Is this going to happen? He's out there. The Chiefs did it. They pulled the tr- uh, pulled the trigger on this one. Carlos Dunlap, you know, been averaging seven, eight sacks a year, basically steady. He's excited. He wants to come in, play a rotational role here. What's your uh, opinion of this signing and how much better does it make you feel about the Chiefs revamp pass rush? It makes me feel significantly better because I always believe that you have to have good immediate depth. And with all due respect to Mike Dana, who I do think is a rotational player, he's not Carlos Dunlap. So now you you have Dunlap and Clark who are vets. And you have Carl Loftus, and we've talked a lot about this. Like as good as Carl Loftus may end up being, it's very, very rare for a rookie edge rusher to come in and have double-digit sacks. Like it's, just, it's exceedingly rare. Usually guys that do that are like top three picks. Okay, like maybe Aiden Hutchinson will do it this year. But it's very hard, like, for that guy who gets drafted 27th to do that. It's just – it's if you go back and look over the last 20 years, you can count on one hand how many guys have done that. So I like now that that takes some pressure off Carl Loftus. He can ease into the into the defensive scheme. He can be used in some more advantageous situations where he doesn't have to worry about as many responsibilities. And you said it. Dunlap, one thing about him, you can look at his numbers. He's about as consistent as it gets. He's going to have between seven and nine sacks. I mean, that that's what his career has been over and over and over and over and over. So, I mean, look, I think in the end, I've said all offseason, I think it's their biggest weakness is their pass rush. Dunlap, I think at least makes that go from a weakness to me now to at least they're solid. Is it a strength? It depends on how good Carl Loftus is. But it's at least solid. It doesn't sound like a disaster now where if Carl Loftus wasn't good early, that could have been a train wreck. I don't feel like it can be that now with Dunlap being there. If there's a world where Chris Jones returns to double-digit sacks, let's say he gets 12, something like that, right. and you get eight sacks from Carl Loftus, seven, eight sacks maybe, which I think would be a really good rookie season for him, and yeah, seven, right. eight sacks from Dunlap, and let's say same thing for – for Frank Clark, he comes in, he gets seven, eight sacks. Are you? How does that work out for the Chiefs? Well, I, I think the goal. I mean, it'd be, it'd be good. I think the goal should be between Dunlap, Clark, and Carl Loftus. Can you get twenty sacks? 
Can you get 20 sacks between those three guys? And then with Jones and the other D tackles, can you get 15? All told, you know, Stallworth gets a couple, you know, Noddy gets one and a half, two, something like that. Wharton, Saunders, can you, can you get – if you can do that, that's 35 sacks out of your defensive line. And now, look, now you plug in, all right, can you get five from your corners when they blitz, corner slash safeties? Can you get five from your backers? That's 45 sacks. Like, you're a top 10 team in the league if you have that many sacks. And that – you know, people say, okay, well, how much of a difference is Dunlop? Well, if, if he's got eight of those sacks, that's the difference between being fifth, sixth in the league and being 18th in the league. That's a big difference. So I, I do think that that is a significant – okay, we both liked Melvin Ingram last year. We both wanted him back. The reality is Melvin Ingram – and, and I'm not taking anything away. He played very well for them last year. His sack numbers have not been there the last couple of years. His pressures have been good. The sacks have not been. Dunlap, he gets sacks. And at the end of last year, he was phenomenal. So I, I think that that bodes well that, hey, look, he finished strong. Hopefully he has, he has another good year or two left in him. And then something that we talked about while you were gone that is probably an underrated part of Dunlap's game is his ability to bat down passes. He's long. He gets his hands up in the air. We've always talked about how that's a strength of Chris Jones and the difference it can make when guys, hey, they're not getting home, but you bat down the, the, the ball. That's almost as good as a sack. Um, the Chiefs have not – I don't have the exact stat in front of me, but I looked it up back when we were talking about it. They have not gotten a lot of batted down passes from their defensive ends over the last few years. So I think if you bring in a guy like Dunlap and he's knocking down four or five balls and helping stall some drives in addition to getting sacks, that could be a big underrated part of his game that you're adding into the rotation. Yeah, I mean, really the only guy in recent memory who's gotten a lot of batted balls is Jones. Jones is great. He does it all the time. He held the Super Bowl. He helped him basically win the game by doing it. But you're right. That's not something they've had. Um, And they're going to need – they're going to need that pressure because early in the year, you've got a lot of moving parts. I mean, even guys like Bolton and Gay, Gay, by the way, it looks unbelievable in camp. But, you know, they, even with that, like, Gay is taking on a much bigger role in his third year. This is a guy, I, if I'm not mistaken, I have to go back and look. I think he played like eight games in college. I mean, this is a young guy. Nick Bolton is coming into his second year. He's going to have the green dot. Like, he's got a lot more responsibility this year. You have McDuffie, who's a rookie, Justin Reed, who's certainly not a rookie, but is new to the system. You're asking a lot of guys to play bigger roles. So if you can if you can shrink the time that you've got to cover, that you've got to pass guys off in zone coverage, like, that's going to help. Every every quarter second help, half second help. So I, I would love to see, as Gonzo asks, over under three sacks for McDuffie. I'll say under, but here's why. I really think now that with McDuffie and Fenton, and Fenton has come back, he's off the pup list, I think you, put, you should be putting Sneed in the nickel a lot. He was unbelievable as a blitzer, as a rookie in the nickel. He was a real weapon for them. He was devastating. I think he had four sacks, but he didn't play a lot early in the year. Like, coming off the edge, he was a problem. He was really, really good at that. So I would love to see them put him in the slot and utilize him, or especially when you have the matchup outside where you don't think McDuffie's maybe going against a much bigger receiver. You know, put him inside and, and let him work. I, yeah, I'm really excited about the rotation that they're going to have now. And if Karloff, this is a guy that they hope he can be and they can bring him along quickly, it's going to make a huge difference for this team. So it's knock on wood. Everybody stays healthy during camp. Let's get this whole group in. And I think another thing about a guy like Dunlap is he helps shorten that curve for you're starting a bunch of young guys. You get a few of those veterans in there to help 
early in the season, stabilize things a little bit and give those guys a chance to learn. You know me, I've been, I've been really bullish on uh, my, my prediction of four interceptions for Willie Gay. He's back in my place that he wants to lead, lead the league for linebackers and interceptions. Now you got Carlos Dunlap in the fold. He's going to be tipping some balls up there along with Chris Jones. I'm just, I'm not saying, I'm just saying my, it's looking a little more possible. By the way, I wanted to make a note quick. DeAndre Baker got released um, a couple of days ago. I think that tells you something about what they think of their young corners. They would not have done that. And, I, and look, I'm not trying to make this out to be something that's not. Like DeAndre Baker did not play well for them. He took a shot. That's fine. It didn't work out. But he does have experience in the system. And if they really thought that some of these kids couldn't play, they would not have cut DeAndre Baker, not before they played any preseason games. Yeah. The fact that they cut him tells me that they like some of these younger kids. Now, obviously, McDuffie, is, you know, he's going to start. He's going to be there. And he's played very well as camp's gone on. But you wonder a kid like Williams in the fourth round. Like, you wonder, you know, they, they usually keep five, six corners. Okay, they're at least five, sometimes six. Like, Baker wasn't good enough to even make the top six. That tells you at least something to me about what they think about this this. Quarter, quarterback class, and they did a lot of them in the draft. I believe they did four. Yeah. So, you know, and, and they had, you know, cook at safety. So they, you know, they, they've got a lot of youth, but apparently they believe in it, at least to the extent that they cut Baker before we even got to a preseason game. Yeah, and I think, you know, part of that's them doing Baker a solid. He's a veteran guy. I think sure. they liked him, came in, did a good job, for, you know, did his best for them, and give him a chance to catch on with another team before it's too late when they know he's not going to make it. But I think you're absolutely right. Um, that was on our list to talk about, so I think we kind of covered that. Baker, out. Um, I wanted to, on the pass rush thing, Frank Clark. So you, you, were, you weren't there for this about how Frank Clark looks in camp. There's a great article written about, uh, and, he, you know, he talked about it at the podium. Lost, lost, lost weight. Came into camp thinner. Had a, had a heart to heart. You know, I think a lot of people were surprised. I think us included to a degree that he was brought back because we thought Refuge emphasized the pass rush. Frank Clark hadn't performed. They could have saved some money by cutting him. Instead, they rework his deal, and a lot of people were concerned about that. But now you hear, and it's not just that he looks better and that he lost weight. People say he actually. The reports out of camp are that he's getting off the ball faster. He looks energized. He stopped drinking, stopped eating red meat, made some other dietary changes. Do you think these these changes and a refocused Frank Clark, who had a, a frank conversation with Andy about his performance last year, which was that was not good enough, right. does that bear fruit for the Chiefs this season? You know, I normally don't buy into any of that stuff because I, I just think a lot of times it's it's talk and guys are who they are. I will say, though, I watched that entire press conference, which is almost 13 minutes long. That was one of the more open, honest, illuminating press conferences you're ever going to hear from a guy. He just flat out, I wasn't good last year. I was fat. I was drinking liquor, you know, in the offseason. It was hurting me a little bit. I was really impressed with it. Now, does that mean I think he's going to go out and have 14 sacks this year? No, I don't. But I do think, look, let's be real about this. He knows it's contract here. He, I mean, he's, he's not a moron. He knows, right? So – and, and he also knows now with Dunlop and Karloftis, like if he doesn't play well and Karloftis and Dunlop do, like he's going to be the third guy in that rotation. That's not helping him get a new contracts. So, right. look, I will say this. I am not penciling him in for double-digit sacks, but the way he's talked and backed it up and the way he's worked with Karloftis after practice on a daily basis, it shows a guy who's all in. 
Now, how does that play out? I don't know. But, you know, if you had any question about is Frank Clark all in, is he just collecting a check? I think he's shown he's all in. And that that's a good sign. That at least means you're going to get the effort. And hopefully it turns into a guy who, who plays phenomenal ball for them and makes it hard next year to decide what to do with him. Because if they cut him, they save 19 million bucks next year. So for him not, not to get cut, he's going to have to be phenomenal. Can he do it? Can he do it? Maybe they decide to extend him. Who knows? But he's he's got a lot to prove, and I, I think he's coming in with the right attitude. You know, a lot of guys, are, they're all in once they get the training camp. And so I like that Frank, he made changes before he got to training camp. Right. You know, he came ready to go. He put in the work in the offseason when nobody was watching, when there was no articles getting written about. that. Like, he didn't, he didn't start talking about this two months ago. Oh, right. yeah, I'm losing weight. I stopped drinking. He showed up to camp. They asked him what was going on. He was ready. That's a really good sign. And I agree with you. The, the, the fact that he's been staying after with Carl Loftus, you know, Frank Clark's the guy. He's fallen into the knucklehead territory here for the Chiefs over the last few years with some legal issues and some other things. And then he's underperformed. And so a lot of fans are rightfully annoyed. And it's awesome to see. I mean, what, what more can you ask? They brought the guy back. He's one of their best options. Sounds like he's doing everything right to help the Chiefs win this year. And if that bears fruit for him and he's trying to what for whatever his motivations are, contract, loves Kansas City, whatever it is, he gets out there, he starts racking up sacks and plays like the Frank Clark of old. Uh, that's going to be really good news for the Chiefs, especially with Dunlap and Carl Loftus in the fold. Um, all right, let's one 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 last signing. What do you what do you make of this the signing of Danny Shelton? First former first round pick of the Browns, which Brett Veach seems to love. Signing former first-round picks, busted picks of the Browns. Uh, does this say anything to you about how he feels about the defensive tackle depth? Eh, kick tires. You know, we know we know Brett likes these uh, former first-round picks, so why not, right? And it's one of those things. Like, if it doesn't work, who cares? It doesn't matter. He's a run-stuffing D tackle. He's really a nose tackle. And maybe they look at it and they say, "Well, we don't have a true nose." I, I think they do in Naughty. Like, if they want to reduce down and play kind of a 3-4 look, they could do it. I, I think Naughty gives them that. But Shelton's even bigger, so maybe they say, yeah, what the hell, we'll bring in a guy. He can compete with, with, with Saunders. But, yeah, I don't think it hurts. I also don't make any, like, huge revelatory news out of it. Like, I think it's just one of those things. Bring him in, see what it looks like. If it looks good, great. If he doesn't, fine. Move on. Yeah, I agree on that one. Get him in there, see what he can do. There's a lot of those types of moves that happen this time of year. Hey, if you like the Arrowhead Attic podcast, why don't you become uh, a member or at least consider becoming a member of the Arrowhead Attic family? You know, members get access to special emojis and loyalty badges that they can leave during the live YouTubes like this one. And we also have a private Discord where you can hang out with the Arrowhead Attic hosts, talk cheese football. We talk movies, beer, so much more. Members get invites to private events with the hosts like virtual happy hours. We did trivia, and we've actually got a couple of fantasy football leagues with the hosts this year, which is going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. Just set those up this week. So check the link in the description uh, wherever you get this podcast, and we appreciate your support, whether you want to join or not. Um, all right, let's let's move it on to what I've what I have titled the rise of Isaiah Pacheco. Now listen, every year there's a guy in camp. Not every year, but most years. Last year was Noah Gray. Hey, boy, this guy's turning heads in camp. He looks a lot better than maybe we thought he was going to look. Uh, now, the difference between Noah Gray and Isaiah Pacheco is that Noah Gray is playing behind Travis Kelsey. Right. Uh, got all due respect to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 
not a Hall of Fame running back yet. So we've talked about it all offseason. The, the running back group is up for grabs. Um, they bring in Ronald Jones. You, you got Jarek McKinnon in the mix. Derek Gore, who a lot of people like, myself included. But now Pacheco, I, somebody referred to him, and I forgive me because I don't remember who said this, but basically he's a bigger, faster version of Kareem Hunt. That sounds appealing to Chiefs fans. I think Albert Breer said that. Was it Breer? Yeah. Um, As a golfer, for years, I've been hearing PXG say, nobody makes golf clubs like they do, period. You know what? They're right. I went in for a fitting and saw for myself, went in to swing the PXG Black Ops driver. And let me be honest, I was skeptical. Again, I I loved my old driver. I had a uh, another very popular big name brand. I love my driver, but they brought me in just to to put it to the test. The PXG driver, it won. It was I don't know seven to ten yards longer. The dispersion was better, and the fitting experience was legitimately phenomenal. You know, I went in being a skeptic, and I came out being a true believer. It feels like a premium club in your hand, and not just that. The The ability of, of the actual fitting process blew me away. We went from extra stiff to regular stiff shaft. We tried out different weights on the shaft. We tried different shafts in general. Um, we, we were messing with the weights in the driver going from a 10.5 degree driver down to a 9. As someone who has a high launch angle, who gets a lot of loft and height on their ball, I needed something that was a little lower, so we moved the weights to the front of the club. It, it was such a wonderful experience. I mean, they analyze every little bit of information to get the perfect fitting just for you. Um, again, I was blown away by the PXG Black Ops driver. PXG made me a believer. They'll do the same for every golfer in Kansas City. Visit pxg.com slash arrowhead to schedule your fitting at PXG Kansas City. Uh, That is 7517 West 119th Street in Overland Park. Get fitted for any club and you'll get a dozen golf balls free. That's pxg.com slash arrowhead to schedule your fitting. pxg.com slash arrowhead. Limit one dozen golf balls per person. Promotion ends June 30th. Other terms and conditions may apply. See store for details. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Get everything for your next roofing project at Menards. Your roof is the first line of defense against the elements. Owens Corning Shingles are designed to offer long-lasting performance while providing ultimate protection. They have a limited lifetime warranty and up to a 130-mile-per-hour wind warranty. Choose from over 40 options designed to protect your home for years to come. Stay big on Shingles at Menards. And don't forget to check out our weekly ad on Menards.com. The depth chart is out for this week. It's a preseason depth chart. We all know that that's to be taken with a grain of salt. Like, for example, Rashad Fenton's on the back end of the cornerbacks because he's been on pup list. Sometimes, especially early depth charts, you'll see veteran guys get the nod early on that depth chart. 
Andy yes. Reid's a wily coach. He knows he knows you know, make these guys earn it. All that stuff. Checo's on the back end, but the reports coming out from a lot of people are that the Chiefs love him. They're really excited about his pass protection, his speed, his effort. What are we looking at here, Verder? And what do you think is how is this going to pan out? I mean, I think Ronald Jones. I hope he's renting because I don't think he's making this team. That, that's what I think. Because Clyde Edwards, Alaire, McKinnon, and Pacheco aren't making this team. So, are you going to keep a fourth back? And if you are, would it be Gore over Jones? And you have Burton too. I, I don't think Ronald Jones is making this team. So, I mean, look, I, now that that could change with an injury or something in a preseason game. But for now, I think he's on the outside looking at Look, I, I, I hesitate to go in on like, hey, he's going to be better than Kareem Hunt because Kareem Hunt won the rushing title, you know, like right out of the shoot. Okay. I, I don't know that I feel that, but it's notable when day after day after day after day, like this guy looks amazing. This guy's making all these plays. You know, I, I'm not into, um, I see it. IOFIV says uh, Vernon doesn't seem to buy into the much preseason hype. No, I do not. I don't. Because I think a lot of it is bullshit. I think a lot of it is just, oh, this guy made an unbelievable catch. I'll look at that. And then, like, the guy disappears for a week. But you remember the highlight real catch. What I am saying is I, I do think Pacheco, it's almost a daily thing. that It's like, wow, he looks great. Look at that catch he made. Look at that run he made. Look at that. That makes me pay more attention, and it's at a position where they don't have an entrenched guy there. Like you mentioned, they don't have a Travis Kelsey. It's right. not like they're like, man, this guard looks great. Yeah, well, awesome. Unless they start playing three guards, he's not he's not going to step on the field. Like, this is one of the rare positions with them where if this kid's really truly just gangbusters, like, he can play. They'll play him. Like, he's, he's got, you know, even, even if they want Clyde Edwards-Lair out there, they'll split carries. So – I am intrigued by it. I will say this. If you go back and look, this is a kid who has some size who run a 4-3-7. Like, he's – athletically, he's what you want. And the one thing – and I, I can't remember who I saw it. It was on my timeline. Posted clips of him pass blocking. If he can pass block, he will play. Because let me – that is the one thing – I guys have said this all season. I think that's why they brought back McKinnon. You need to be able to pass block as a running back in this offense. You will not play if you cannot pass block. I thought it was an issue for Edwards Alaire on third downs. I think that's why McKinnon's here. If Pacheco can pass block, he will play early. Because if they believe you can protect Mahomes on a blitz where you've got to stay in, I mean, look, a lot of times on third down for backs, it's all about a read, right? Like if you if you're in third and five and as a back, okay, you a lot of times walk the line of scrimmage. Most of the time nowadays, quarterbacks and gun, and you're you're playing sidecar, and you look, and it's like, all right, if this linebacker across from you doesn't blitz, then you release out. But if he blitzes, you got to stay in, and you pick that guy up, and that offensive line is going to let him come free. If you can't block that guy, you are not playing in front of Patrick Mahomes. So I thought that was really impressive, and it's really important. Yeah, that's Patrick Mahomes back there. I mean. Yeah. You damn well better be able to stand up to a blitzing linebacker for you know at least to slow him down and give Pat a chance to, to move because if he gets creamed one time, you're going to the bench. It's That's your season. Story. Yeah. That's your yeah. season. By the way, the most underrated thing about Jamal Charles was his blocking. Yeah. Jamal Charles 
could level guys who blitzed. And you know what? Like, nobody remembers that about him because he was such a great running back. But, you know, he would have been able to play all three downs in this offense because he could block. If Pacheco can block, he will see time in this offense. He absolutely will. But it's been interesting to note how they moved him around. They've played him in the slot. They've played him outside. Doing It's kind of like how you've seen Sky Moore occasionally go into the backfield. If they're doing that with rookies, Andy Reid is telling you that they feel that these kids can contribute. Yeah. They would not be wasting time with Sky Moore. You, if you remember, you know who else played in the backfield as a receiver at times when he was a rookie? Tyreek Tyree Hill. Yeah. <laughs> because they got to the point, they're like, he's got to be on the field. We're going to yeah. use him. And so I could see them doing something similar with Sky Moore based off what they've done in the preseason. I think Sky Moore. I think McCole Hardman as well. You know, McCole, they, they started doing it towards the end of last season. And they, they got some big plays out of him and they made yeah. some teams pay for the way that they were playing the Chiefs, they rotate those guys through there, you know, and, and sort of like this Debo Samuel type role. Now, none of those guys are, you know, they're not necessarily as big as it right. could stand up to some of that. So you don't want to do it too much, but uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out. I'm excited about Pacheco, and I agree with you. I think a really great point you made. This is a wide open position for this team. So forget about it's not just camp hype. If he's playing well, there's an actual runway. For, it's not somebody like Darius Fountain, who I think everybody really likes, but you're looking at him, you're looking at a team with, with Travis Kelsey or all these established wide receivers, and, yeah, maybe he makes a couple plays and he hangs around in the practice squad, but is he going to be out there lining up? Right. No, he's not going to happen. So um, a huge opportunity for Pacheco, and I think we're going to get a good look at him here coming up uh, in, this, in this preseason game. So it's going to be really interesting to see how much run he gets because you got – you got a couple of veterans there. I think they're probably going to want to get a look at Pacheco, and they're going to want to get a look at um, at Ronald Jones, right? Because they, you know, as you pointed out, they seem to have a decision about Ronald Jones. Like they know what they got in Derek Gore, right? Like by this point. So you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see. Uh, do you think Rojo is is he in trouble? I, mean, I guess you already said it. He's, he's in trouble. trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Know. I think this is going to be a Carlos Hyde situation. If you're them, why? What what point is it? What, so you can have the ball three times a game? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, and he's got fumbling issues. I mean, you know how I I when he was one of the one few guys, with all due respect to him, I was not a huge fan of his that signing. I did not I, I don't like that he fumbles the ball. I don't like that he's not a great receiver out of the back. Like to me, if you're the Chiefs, you, all your backs should be able to catch the football. Every one of them. Yep. And say whatever you want about Clyde Edwards Alaire. I've not been always a huge fan. He can catch the ball, and McKinnon can catch the ball. And Gore, even when they threw it, they catch the ball. But I will also say, Ronald Jones, for all that being said, is a solid NFL running back. If he's not making your team, your running back room is pretty damn deep. Yeah. Like if that guy's not on the on the roster, it's pretty good for a team that nobody thinks is any running back. But it's pretty solid. Yeah, uh, Adam Best, founder of Arrowhead Addict, co-founder, was on the show last with me last week, and he he was he's really bullish on Ronald Jones because he thinks. He's a good straight ahead runner and he's going to get, he's going to start getting those early down carries behind this Chiefs offensive line. He's just going to hit holes. But I'll tell you, man, if Isaiah Pacheco is that fast and he's got good, good enough field vision to where he's hitting those holes, right? He's a home run hitter. And, 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 and I was doing some, some, I was watching some scouting videos of him at Rutgers. And the thing about his line at Rutgers was they sucked. His guards, well, they all suck. Yeah. yeah, his guards couldn't get to the spot. So some, one of the knocks on him was he didn't have as much patience. 
but you got a guy out there playing in the Big Ten trying to make something happen, knowing his guards aren't going to get to the spot in time. So that that's going to lead to a little bit of impatience, no? Well, you know what? If I'm the Chiefs, Pacheco or otherwise, I'd rather have a home run hitter who's my running back on this team because I don't need a guy who's out there getting a game of three. I just don't. Like, if they're going to get a game of three, I'd rather throw the damn thing. Like, I'd rather have a guy back there who I know is live at any point against a light box to go the distance. Yep. Like, I, you need – look. You need somebody as a running back on the Chiefs who scares the other team. When that guy gets the ball, it's he, he you'd be gone. That that is to me more valuable for them, based off of what they are as a team. Like I would rather have that guy who maybe has games or eh whatever, but then other games are like, oh my god, he got loose around the end, he was gone for eighty yards, nobody can catch him. I, you know, I don't, I don't need them to have Mike Cloud, you know, falling forward for three. Like yeah. I don't, I don't need that. I. I'd rather have the guy in Pacheco who they crease a guy and all of a sudden it's like he makes a safety miss, he's gone. That's why I like Derek Gore, honestly. Yep. Like, Gore can do that at times. where He can get it out to the second, third level and all of a sudden it's like, man, he makes a guy miss, it's over. Like, yep. He's gone. Well, Pacheco's faster than Gore is. So I, I would I would like to see it. I'm very curious. I'm sure we'll see him plenty on Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited for the young guys and all things being equal and all due respect to Ronald Jones. It, this works out better for the Chiefs if this year their best running backs are Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, it's just this with with a Jarek McKinnon in there. So, um, all right, let's let's move it on a little bit. Uh, let me pull up the old outline here. So, um, before we do, uh, did you know we got swag at Arrowhead Attic swag? So check out the link in the description at Rocks and Arrowhead Attic Podcast swag. Uh, it's going to start getting cold pretty soon, unfortunately. So check out that. Um, champion hoodie and of course if you're going to try to hit the links a few more times sterling holmes our co-host record recommends that adidas golf hat all right um let's get to the bears game the chiefs play football this weekend program um i'm not going to the game i i thought about it and then i thought about how much i hate trying to get to soldier field it's a nightmare by by car or by foot it's it's horrible uh i thought about the ridiculously cramped upper deck concession area. Um, the steep upper deck, all of it. The fact that it'll the sun will be beaten down on me and then I'll probably get to see Patrick Mahomes throw two passes. So yeah. I decided uh, I'm going to watch it on TV and I'm going to do the Arrowhead Attic Podcast postgame show so we can break down all the action. Um, so I want you all to know I'm making a little bit of a sacrifice for you. Um, you're going to be driving uh, back and you're going to be tired so uh, Saturday, I, I assume you're not planning to go out there either. No, I uh, I debated it, but my main thing was they're going to play the starters for like ten minutes. So, oh, mother just rolled in. Thank you. Um, I I think you know if they're going to play the starters for ten minutes. That's going to be the end of it. Like, I, and if I'm watching to actually like analyze these younger kids, you have a better shot of doing it on television. You know, than you do up in the, like you said, up in the upper deck in the corner at Soldier Field or up in the press box where you're, you're up in the press box. But I got to tell you, if you've ever been to Soldier Field press box, and I have many times, depends where you're sitting. That thing runs the length of the field. You could be all the way in the corner and you can't see crap. So I, look, I'd rather just, after driving 13 hours, I'd rather sit down, watch a game on TV, and just take it all in. And like you said, we can go on and we can do this afterward and, and we can, uh, you know, talk it all up. Yeah, drink some KC beer. All right, so um, we're going to do each do three players that we're going to be watching in particular for this game. Uh, do you want to kick us off with your first player, Bergeram? 
Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm really, really curious um, how McDuffie plays. I think he's the most important rookie that they have. And that's not taking anything from Carl Loftus, who probably actually would have been my pick, but because they added Dunlap, um, I think McDuffie's the most impactful. If he's not good, then they've got to do all these things to kind of cover for it. If he is good, then all of a sudden you've got these corners who can all play, you've got deep safety play, and now you can do a whole lot of different things with your spags. The, the current um, depth chart actually has McDuffie as the backup punt returner. Yeah, that's true. Sort of- kind of old school for, for, for a guy that would be starting, like, you know, that would be a starter for you. How do you yeah. feel about that? Uh, I don't like, I don't like, it makes me nervous just seeing his name down there. I don't care if, if they think that he can do that. Fine. Put him in the game. I, you know what? Pacheco's a returner too. They've got him lined up as a top return. I, that's fine. Yeah. I am all for it, man. Look, I always felt that way about Tyree kill. Now look, if McDuffie becomes an all pro like Tyree killed then okay, maybe not so much, but for now, Put him back there. Let it rock. I did. I did used to get annoyed when the Chiefs were in tight spots that they would not put Tyree Kill in to return kicks. Uh, it just kind of drove me nuts. Like some, like sometimes they'd put him in as a punt returner. But I mean, like that dude, get the ball in his hand. That's it. like playoff games. I'm, t- I'm talking about high leverage games yeah. they needed to win. I, I thought maybe they were a little too care. I get it on one hand, but you know, use that guy. Um, in the ball. Yeah. All right. My, so my first one is uh, is is Isaiah Pacheco, and of course we we already talked about him quite a bit. But I just I'm really interested to see. All right, great. You got all this camp hype. Now you look at his, you go back and you look at his numbers at Rutgers. You're not going to see anything that's going to be blowing your mind. Um, but he didn't get a ton of carries. Didn't play for a bad team. Didn't have a good offensive line. Now you get to see him behind at least maybe for a couple of snaps. If I, that'll be interesting too, is does he get any, does he get any run behind that starting offensive line? But at, at any rate, it's going to be an NFL caliber offensive line um, when those backups are in there. So I'm really excited to see what he does and can he go out in a game situation? I think the chiefs are probably really interested to see that too. All right. You're great in practice. All right. You're great in pads. Now you're out there, you're getting hit. Um, now you've got to make those quick decisions. People are trying to, people are, fighting for their lives. I mean, he's going to be going up against guys who are going to be trying to make plays, trying to make teams. So be really interested to see how he does. So that's what I'll be watching with my first player. Who's your number two? Number two, Sky Moore. Sky Moore has been really impressive all camp. And he's been working with Mahomes since before camp when they were in Texas together at Mahomes' home base, so to speak. Sky Moore is another guy who – Normally, it's like, all right, well, you have Hill, and then you've had Watkins for years, and so you're, like, fighting for the third spot in the, in the, in the pecking order. You're not this year. Sky Moore could be the fourth receiver on the team. He could be the first receiver on the team. I'm really interested. Like, that, again, another guy who has made plays over and over and over and over. Okay. And that he look, he's somebody who some people thought to be a first-round pick. So I'm very curious. What is he? right out of the gate. And by the way, he could be mediocre this year and could be great his second year. But, like, what what is he right now? My whole thing was coming into this year, okay, you've got Smith-Schuster, you've got MVS, you've got Kelsey. And then you've got Hardman. And those four guys are going to be your main pass catchers, and Moore is going to kind of learn. Well, if Moore's that damn good right off the bat, he's going to play. But one thing about Andy, if he believes in you, you will play. So I'm curious to see how Sky Moore looks. And, and let's be real, too. These teams aren't game planning for this game. The Chiefs do not care if they win, but the Bears are not good. 
Like the Chiefs could reasonably go out here and smack the Bears around if they play well, even without a game plan. So I'm curious to see how this plays out. Yeah, I'm going to stick with your theme here. Um, right now, Sky Moore is, you know, he's he's third, fourth on the depth chart with uh, Nicole Hardman behind Juju and MBS. So he's doing well. And and behind them is a guy uh, that I've is, is Darius uh, Fountain. Um, on, on one side and Justin Watson on the other. And in your fourth string in this initial duck chart, which again, take with a grain of salt, is a player that I'll be watching who is Josh Gordon. Um, Josh Gordon's a guy that, you know, everybody, he gets talked about a lot because of the name recognition, didn't do much for the Chiefs last year, but they brought him back. Now, that could tell you something about how they feel about him, but it also could just tell you that at the time, they didn't know what they were doing with their wide receiver core. They bring back Josh Gordon. He knows the system. But it seems like he's got long odds to make a team. The fact that he was he's now behind the rookie and he's behind Watson is not a good sign for him. So I'll be keeping an eye on him because this is probably his last chance. He's really going to have to show. Yeah. I don't think he's making the team, man. I don't right. think so either. I think I think they're so happy with MVS with with Juju, with Hardman and Sky Moore. And then you got this guy Watson. He comes in and he can play special teams. And if Gordon's not a special teams asset, I mean they've got him behind Fountain as well right now. So well, Fountain can play specials. Yep. Yep. That yeah, like when you get to those fifth and sixth receiver spots, that almost is what matters more, quite honestly. That matters more than if, if you're a tick better as a, as an offensive who cares? The fifth receiver in the team. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. While we're on a, just before we get to our last players here, while we're on that depth chart, one thing that kind of jumped out at me was that uh, Jody Fortson is is the fourth. He's behind. So it's Travis Kelsey, Blake Bell, Noah Gray, and Jody Fortson. And we've been talking about, hey, you know, maybe Blake Bell doesn't make the team this year. Yeah, looks like he's in good position. Yeah, I mean, he's looking good right now. Um, do you think that that is an Andy doing the nod to the veteran thing or Andy wants his blocking tight end? And- Jody's been around. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I, I, think it's Jody, I think it's a Jody's been hurt thing. And, yeah. you know, there's that old saying in the NFL, you know, you can't make the club in the tub. Well, 
That's that's a true st- – there's a reason that's been a saying for a long time in the NFL. Yeah. It's true. I am rooting for Jody Fortune. I, I am. But, look, you know what? He's going to have to step up. He's going to have to step up to get the job done. I see Gonzo asking, is Roquan Smith going to play? I highly doubt it. He has not practiced once for the Bears. I don't think he's playing this game. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting for Jody – Noah Gray, guy obviously that they drafted that looked good in camp last year. Haven't heard a ton about Noah Gray at this camp myself. Nope. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But it seems like, I mean, do you, do you see a situation where the Chiefs keep four tight ends? It's possible. Uh, they did it once, if memory serves. I remember it with Andy, they did it once. But I, if usually, usually, okay, so when you have a 53 man roster, you have your three special guys, right? You have a kicker, punter, snapper. And then most of the time, it'd be 25 offense, 25 defense. I mean, who are you taking away from? Would you keep one less offensive lineman? You know, maybe you could. You know, would you? I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll keep one less receiver. And the way the backs are, you keep one less back, and you have a million guys. So, yeah. I don't. I don't think so. Is it impossible? No, but I would trend toward no. I don't think that they would do that. It's going to be fascinating. Uh, could come down to a battle between Gray and Fortin to make the team. So we'll have to see how all that plays out. Um, all right. Who is your last player that you're going to be watching? Leo Chenal. I am interested in him. That guy reminds me of the dudes in the replacements who just hits everything that moves. Um, I want to see what he looks like. I, I feel like it's hard for a kid like him to stand out in camp because he he, he can't go full tilt and just kill somebody. I mean, I know they play they have live roles and stuff, but like, you don't want to knock your your own teammate in the next month, um, especially as a rookie. Like the last thing you want to do is like injure an important player. So, I'm very curious to see how a guy like him him and I. By the way, I almost said Brian Cook because of his physicality too. Like, what do those guys look like now that you're playing another team and you can use max force? When that's kind of your calling card, and you haven't been able to maybe do that comfortably in the first you know couple of weeks here as we've been in camp. Yeah, I know a lot of people are really interested to see him out there. Um, and somebody was asking in the chat earlier how he has played in camp, and what we've been hearing is is basically what you what is advertised. Loves football, loves to go out there and hit, crush skulls. Um, the question is, you know. How fast does he pick up the Spagnolo defense? Can he can he get in there as a rotational piece, help out in the run game? I think uh, it's going to be interesting to watch him. Um, my last player is a little off the wall, uh, but a guy I've been a fan of just because of his name, DiCaprio Boodle. Now, let me tell you why. I know the Chiefs invested a lot in corner, but DiCaprio Boodle, he hung around last year, actually got some playing time, led the Chiefs in tackles for the game against the Steelers uh, when they had a bunch of guys out with COVID. And when the depth chart came out, now again, take take this with a grain of salt because Fenton was Fenton was in the back end because he had been injured. But the the, the current depth chart is Sneed, McDuffie, Joshua Williams, and then Boodle. Right. So you're obviously sliding Fenton in ahead of him. Um, but I'm interested to see him. He's an, he's an interesting player. Obviously out of Nebraska. Um, Watch some tape on him as well. He's a guy that. And, and Spagnuolo likes this in corners, can play a little bit of that hybrid corner safety. Um, does some, does some man, did some man coverage at Nebraska. And there's some good clips of him in games against Ohio State coming down and tackling really well, not being afraid to tackle, sticking his head down a little bit like Legereus Sneed. 
And, and that's probably why they played him a little bit in the safety position as well. Um, actually slid in and played safety when a guy got ejected for targeting. So I just think he's an interesting guy. Obviously, the Chiefs like him a little bit. They kept him around. Do you think they end up in a position where he maybe sneaks into that, that last cornerback slot? It's possible. I mean, you know, they, like I said, they've got a lot of young guys at corner. So I, I really think, like, of all the positions, the preseason play, that's probably the one that might dictate who makes those last couple of spots. You know, like even at running back, I, I think unless, like, one of these guys gets hurt, I think you kind of know what you have at this point. Corner's a little different. You know the top three guys. I think Williams is pretty safely the fourth guy. But those last two spots, it's anybody's game. I really believe that. Like, I really think it's just, hey, who comes out and plays well? And unfortunately, too, there's always yeah. injuries in the preseason. Like, it happens. Guys get hurt. It, it, it happens every year. Some team loses a guy who really matters. But even if you, even if you lose a guy who's toward the back end of the roster, that opens up a spot. So, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of unanswered questions at corner for them. It's going to be fascinating to watch all of these young guys. Okay, before we get out of here, I, I, was, um, I was watching – you ever watch Wedding Crashers? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I never realized this before because of our love of Count Chocula. But do you remember there's a line – Owen Wilson actually has a line in that movie where he's sort of dressing down uh, Vince Vaughn and he says, you know, you're acting like a child. He, and then he calls him Peter Pan. Count Chocula, and I just absolutely lost it. I, I dug up the clip, and I think I tweeted it out, um, tagged you in it. It's a great movie, and that line's absolutely hilarious, but I was a little bit annoyed that they were using uh, Count Chocula pejoratively. Listen, I'm glad, you know, any any uh, any attention is good attention. And yep. this whole season for us is a failure if we don't get some rep from General Mills on the podcast to explain the horrific decision to just have that on uh, the shelves during the Halloween season. Like, I am willing to go after the man responsible for this decision, or or woman, verbally, of course. But I'm willing to go after that person and say, hey, look, this is a travesty of a decision. Yeah. Like, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, they're not, they're not trotting that out just in March. Right. Like, who the hell came up with this? Yeah. Or, or, or people just not buying it in January? Right. It's it's so much better than a lot of the cereal on the shelves. It's on oh, the shelves so regularly. And it's like, okay, fine, I get it. You want to trot out Booberry and make it seasonable? Fine. All right? But Count Chocula, and we're, in, we're getting into Count Chocula season. I mean, yeah. I'm, start, I'm start already starting to look for it. I know they had it at Meyer last year, so that's my connect. This okay. year, so I got I got I got to run to Menards this weekend anyway. Myers waiting next door. I'm gonna get over there see if I can stock up. I gained weight last fall because I ate so many of those. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I'll say about those monster cereals—they're not low in calories, but they are high in sugar. I, I uh, I've been on vacation for about 23 days now, and so when I go home, I'm gonna have to grease the door jams. Um, yeah. It has been a wonderful time, but my body's ready to quit. So I, uh, I need to go home, and the first thing I'm going to do after I sleep Friday night is before the Chiefs game, I'm going to go to the gym, and I'm just going to be sweating, you know, like chocolate, beer, and whatever the hell else, ice cream. It, yeah. It's it's really – it's a shame is what's yeah. going on over here. But I, I'm going to get into the gym, and people – my God, what the hell happened? People are going to be like, taking up a collection. But uh, I, it is what it is. I got to tell you, there's a place down here. I tweeted some pictures of it. 
It's uh, on the south side of Chicago. It's a family-owned business called Munchies, and it's a cereal bar. And it's like three minutes from my house. I've gone in there a couple times, had a bowl. But here's not only do they have cereal, and they have their own concoctions. Like they'll mix different types of cereals for you, serve it up with like colored milk. It's a lot of fun. You feel like a kid. They got candy in there, Miss Pac-Man, like pretty much everything you'd want. Uh, But they also do milkshakes, and all of their milkshakes are made with cereal. They're cereal inspired. So I got this one. I can't remember exactly what it was called, but it was graham crackers um, and, the, and, the, and the graham cracker cereal. What the hell is it called? It just flew out of my brain. Um, uh, golden grams. Golden grams. Yeah. It's made, it was made with golden grams and like caramel sauce and whipped cream. Program. It was the single greatest milkshake I've ever had in my entire life. It was unbelievable. They put in a whole pieces of graham crackers, uh, the golden grams, absolutely delicious. They had Mag got one with it was made with crunch berries. I was a little bit like, oh, how's that going to be? Crunch berries, vanilla ice cream, fantastic. Um, if you're in Chicago, you're on the south side of Chicago. You got to get over to Munchies. Um, let me know if you're going. I'll, I'll go with you. I'll buy your milkshake. Um, but that you got to get awesome. you out here, Vergaran. You got to go to this place. I do. I, you're right. I, you know, there's a place. This has nothing to do with, with cereal. But when I first moved to Chicago, I went out with certain coworkers of ours. Um, and, and went out at, at night. These are, these are the single days. And after a few drinks, um, would end up at this one place. You might know the name of it. I'm sure you've been there. Um, it's a grilled cheese place. It's like famous in Chicago. Oh, che- cheesies? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And they make like any combination, like just like mac and cheese, grilled cheese. Like it's the kind of thing that at three o'clock on a Tuesday, you're like, I can't. I can't. I can't. But at like 3 a.m. on a Saturday, you're like, absolutely, yes, two of them. It's it's unbelievable. It's so popular, you have to take a number. Oh, like man. it's 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 unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Um, and I have not gone there in God knows six years now, five six years. But man, alive that food. There are some great spots. I mean, Chicago. One thing about it, say whatever you want. Like there's there's no shortages of good places to eat in Chicago. No, especially bar food. Um, quick, quick reader question before we get out of here. Uh, does does Shane Bouchelle from, from Jaden, does Shane Bouchelle become a quarterback too? He's looking really good. Good. He could. I mean, Henny's older and he's a year-to-year guy, so they could they could make that move. I, I mean, they like him. They protected him last year. So they do like him. Um, the, you know, I think he's got a lot to gain in the preseason. I put it that way. Um, by the way, I saw uh, Mike Tavner was asking if I've heard anything about why Brady's taking time away from the camp uh, with the Bucs. I have not. I mean, it's a personal matter. Um, I wouldn't even speculate. I, I don't know. I don't know. I know he's out for the next week, but no, I don't know. You've had – he's missed a little time. You've had Burrow out with the appendectomy, who hasn't been able to practice much this, this summer as he's recovering. Um, by the way, the one thing we did not talk about, or at least I haven't talked about because I've been around lately – you know, injuries, I always say, if you don't get injured in the preseason as a team, you win. I don't care what your record is, what the score of the games were, none of that stuff means anything. There have been two injuries to me this offseason so far that are are significant. Tim Patrick of the Broncos being out for the whole year, that is a big injury. He is their best receiver on that team outside of Cortland Sutton. And they all have injury histories, and not having Tim Patrick there matters. That team is going to run as Wilson and those receivers run. Not having him is a big loss. And Ryan Jensen, the center for the Buccaneers, the all-pro center, 
who is out for, if not the whole year, a, a lot of it. Um, that is a huge, huge loss for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I would argue that outside of Brady and maybe Mike Evans, he's the most important player on that offense. To lose him is a devastating situation. Like, do I think Tampa is now like not going to make the playoffs? No, but it does affect my opinion of Tampa. That is a huge loss. And for the, and for Denver, look, I, I've always said all season. I don't know what Denver is going to be, but I'll tell you what. To me, like Denver's a wild card in the AFC. That could be the difference between them making and not making the playoffs. You really like, that could be worth a game. Which you know, if you're if you're Buffalo, maybe that means the difference between winning 12 and 13 games. If you're Denver, that might mean the difference between winning 9 and 10. That difference is more important. So, Zach, good to see you too. Thank you for not firing me while I've been on vacation. Um, <laughs> you you think Patrick's uh, better than Judy over in Denver? I, I do. Yeah, I do think he's better than Judy. Um, he's more fit. Like, Judy had one year we had like 800 and some odd receptions, but he had like a million targets. I think Judy's upside is probably higher, but he's I don't. He's not as accomplished as Patrick. That is a. It's a big loss, man. Like that. You know, I, I think because you, you know it's Tim Patrick and he's not maybe a Pro Bowler or whatever. But if you actually watch Denver, he's a huge part of what that team does offensively. That is, that's significant. I think Jensen's the most. And I saw somebody else say, uh, Makai Becton. Chris Albright said it. Makai Becton is a big injury. The reason I left him off is it would do respect to him. Um, the Jets just aren't good. So I don't think it's going to have like a huge impact on the season overall. Where Patrick, I think, will. And, and Jensen's absolutely good. Think about if you're the Bucs. As great as Brady is, what is the one thing Brady does not do well? What's the one thing? Move. Can't move. Well, you, you've, Marpet is an, is an all-pro level guard. He retired. Okay. Alex Kappa left for Cincinnati. And now Jensen's gone. Those are your three interior linemen. How'd that work out for Kansas City when all that crap happened a couple of years ago? Okay. Now they brought in Shaq Mason from the Pats to solidify one of those guard spots. They are still very weak inside now without Jensen and Marpet. That is a big like, – I would tell you unequivocally, if I'm the Bucks, I'd rather have great interior linemen than great tackles. I'd rather have both, and they have very good tackles, by the way, in Smith and Worf. But I'd rather – you can always step in – away from the edge rushing pressure, right. if your tackles are even borderline decent, okay? When you've got – how many times last year did Mahomes step into the pocket and there was just all kinds of room? Nobody could touch him. It didn't matter that, you know, maybe Brown gave up a little bit of the edge or Wiley gave up a little bit. So – and you can always chip with the back on the edge. It is a lot harder to give help on the interior. It's a lot harder. So I think for the, I think for the, the Bucks, that is – that's a real problem. Like, that's a real, real problem. The Chiefs obviously see them week four. Jensen will not play in that game. Yeah. Like, what do you do with Chris Jones? Because I'll tell you right now, Jensen was a huge part of how they were going to get Chris Jones in that game. Now what are you going to do? But that, that's yeah. a problem. That's a really big problem to watch in Tampa Bay. Well, we'll cross our fingers and hope none of those injuries bite the Chiefs. Mike asked, uh, uh, when do we get an Arrowhead Attic Fantasy Football League? We've got two of them going for Arrowhead Attic members. Uh we got everyone in that, that signed up. Uh, uh, so that's a great way to get involved. All right. We got to get out of here. Everybody. Burgum's got a long drive ahead of him and to the end of his vacation. He's got a few more beers to drink. Hey, enjoy the rest of your time out there out East buddy. We'll see you soon back here in the Chicago land area. And we'll see all of you 
on Saturday after the game, as soon as it's over, we'll be here. Uh, and we're going to be talking Chiefs. We're going to break down all the action for you. Again, if you're interested in becoming a member of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, check out the link in the description. We'd love to, to meet a lot more of you as we head into the season in the private Discord so you can get in on all the fun. Uh, but otherwise, we appreciate your support. We'll see you next time. And as always, go Chiefs. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.